The Washington Commanders came out strong, but couldn't hold on and maintain that momentum, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles 38-31 to in Week 8. We break down how it happened on this live episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome in, Commanders fans, to this live post-game episode of Locked On Commanders. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day, especially on game day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting your podcast. And you can always continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders Insider. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider program. You'll get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone that goes beyond what we do here on the show. Plus, you can always have one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Always excited to welcome new subtexters, and I always appreciate the interactions, even when the fr- the interactions are frustrated interactions. Certainly, certainly get all of those. Join the Locked On Commanders Insiders now and be in the know all the time. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. To sign up, I am David Harrison, your host of this program. Find me on Twitter as well at dharrison82, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers, as always, I appreciate your continued support for this show, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official Sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers, you can bet $5 and you'll get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right. On this episode, we're going to rekey the commanders. We're going to go over three topics of conversation like we do every post game. But, but unfortunately, this one is following another loss for the Washington Commanders, 38-31. to 31. They lose at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Competitive, just like we all expected it to be. Uh, but unfortunately, a Philadelphia Eagles win, which I think a lot of people expected it to be. And if you're here live with me, please interact with the live chat. Please drop your thoughts, drop your comments, drop your questions. Uh, I can't interact with it as we go through the show, but I will always go back and reread it uh, and and try to take all your questions for future mailbag episodes, which uh, hopefully I will stay healthy this time, unlike coming back from the Giants game. And we'll actually have a mailbag episode this week. So how do we get here? How do we get to another commander's loss? Well, on offense, Sam Howell, your, your quarterback, went 39 for 52, 397 total yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And what I really liked from Sam Howell in this game going up against Philadelphia Eagles for the second time, and, and I think what's what's a little bit important and something that I'm, I'm, I plan on diving into a little bit down the road here is this is the first opponent we've seen Sam Howell face a second time, right? Like he didn't face the New York Giants last year. He hasn't faced the Dallas Cowboys again yet and obviously hasn't faced any of the other teams in, in on the schedule this year because they're not division opponents. So this Philadelphia Eagles team, the first team that he's been able to face twice and and you know you could say that his performance in some areas was better performance in some other areas maybe not so much but what i really like from sam how uh, early on here and some of that is because of the game plan some of that is because of eric bianami's plan with him and and certainly you know we always say eric bianami's game plan but the truth is and they've talked about this a lot they both talk about the game plan they both kind of set the game plan together i mean you know you would assume that eric bianami obviously has more say on the game plan because he's the coach he's been around the nfl for decades and all that stuff but Sam Howell does have a say in what's going on uh, there on the field. He was more decisive. 
You know what I mean? And in some of the some of the throws, you know, I look at other members in the in the press box and like, boom, one read throws. That's something that we've talked about here. Going up to the line of scrimmage with a plan, going up to the line of scrimmage saying, if we get this look, this read is going to be open really quickly. So instead of dropping back, holding the trying to hold the ball for three, four seconds, hoping that maybe the deep shot's going to be there, take the shot you know is going to be available, get the yards, move the ball, come back for the next play. And then, you know, you Rome wasn't built in a day and all those all those other cliches, right? More decisive on Sunday against Philadelphia Eagles, even when he was opting to scramble, which wasn't a whole whole lot, you know, compared to some other quarterbacks, certainly in the National Football League. But when when Sam Howell did decide to scramble, even that was more decisive, I felt like, uh, on Sunday. He only got sacked once. We'll get to that sack here in a little bit because it turns out to be a really bad sack, uh, unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things. Something that I didn't like from Sam Howell or some of the things that we've seen throughout the seasons at times, uh, some late inaccuracy in the game, crunch time, right? The game's kind of on the line. We're getting down to the last few possessions, and Sam got a little bit loose with the, with the passes, got a little bit off target with the passes. Specifically, uh, there were there were three of them, really, to Terry McLaurin that were just off the mark. Uh, and, you know, Terry's a great receiver, so obviously you look at a guy like Terry McLaurin and say he can make those catches, he can make those adjustments for his quarterback, and certainly he can, and he knows that he can, but you still want your quarterback to be accurate, uh, especially in crunch time. If you can, it's kind of one of those, like, did the moment get too big? Did the adrenaline get pumping uh, just a little bit too much? And, and something that I, I plan on asking Sam uh, when we get back out to Ashburn on Wednesday is, is kind of about that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, that that pressure and that intensity to kind of get that game won for, for himself and for his teammates, of course. So didn't really like that. You know, we'll see if that how that how that translates kind of moving forward, because, again, we've talked about on the show before every day, as you'll remember, we've talked about young quarterbacks and and especially gunslingers like Sam Howell and kind of that tendency to hold the ball too late or hold the ball too long. And when you see a lot of behind, you know, passes that are behind, a lot of times those are late passes. And that's why they're they're behind um, leading rusher in the game. Brian Robinson, 12 carries, 79 or well, 12 touches total, uh, 79 total yards. What I liked about Brian Robinson's performance, uh, B-Rob was B-Rob, you know what I mean? And I think that's really kind of what I have come to enjoy of covering this team with Brian Robinson is that you know what Brian Robinson is going to be every week, but that's not a bad thing, right? Like some players, you know what they're going to be every week, and it's like, okay, well, hold on, there's that player. But B-Rob is really, I mean, you can almost feel, he doesn't really say that there's a lot of frustration. Early on in the season, he kind of mentioned, like, you know, like to get the run game going a little bit better, things like that, but he doesn't go... He doesn't cross the line into like, I don't know why I don't get the ball as much as I should. But I think pretty much everybody in the media circle believes that Brian Robinson needs to be more involved in this game as, as the season uh, goes on. So I like B-Rob being B-Rob. What I didn't like, uh, obviously, lack of usage, right? Five touches in the second half, seven touches in the first half. Uh, I would like to see at least the seven touches he got in the first half replicated in the second half, especially when you're playing with the lead. Kind of use that, you know, hit those body punch, body blows, stuff like that. Uh, from from Eric Bieniemy in the offense, you know, uh, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Um, I already have a question for the mailbag that we're going to do later about Eric Bieniemy in the in the running game. So that certainly is something that is to come, uh, and and something that maybe I'll be able to get some answers for. You know, the, the team doesn't like to give a lot of direct answers, but I'll see if I can get an inside answer. If not, then I'll at least give you the best uh, uh, summation that I can come up with. Um, being a team, being someone who covers the team. Uh, leading receiver, Jahan Dotson, 10 targets, 8 catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, certainly a lot of fantasy football players out there were happy to see Jahan Dotson getting rolling. Unfortunately, uh, he was likely on your bench or not. You, you might have even cut him in. My money league is actually on the waiver wire, and I've already got Sam Howell and Brian Robinson, so I can't, you know, I can't put too many commanders on my own roster. So I've unfortunately had to let Jahan Dotson sit on the waiver wire 
Uh, but yeah, 10 catches, eight or 10 targets, eight catches, 108 yards. I liked his spike in usage. Obviously, we all want to see that spike in usage. Uh, and, and I like the fact that he's using all levels of the defense, too. You got to see him do some work short, intermediate, and deeper down the field. What I didn't like, really not about Jahan, so just about the receiving game, those late drops by Terry McLaurin. And again, those passes are not accurate. And the reason I want to bring it, bring this up is because some people say, well, Terry should have caught it. That's what an NFL receiver does. Some people say, well, Sam Howell should have been more accurate. That's what an NFL quarterback does. Here's what I'm going to say. This conversation doesn't have to be a but, right? Terry should have caught it, but Sam Howell should have been more accurate. Sam Howell wasn't accurate, but Terry McLaurin could, still could have caught it. Hit him in the hand. So could, it doesn't have to be a but conversation. It's an and conversation. Sam Howell should have been more accurate, and Terry McLaurin could have caught those passes. That's the way I look at it. I think that's the way the players look at it uh, as well. On defense, two sacks total in the game, one from Montez Sweat, one from Casey Tuhill. Uh, the conversation with Montez Sweat in the locker room after the game, you might have seen some of the tweets. I know Nikki Javala had a really good video uh, from his time talking to us in the locker room. You can just kind of feel the tension, man. You can feel kind of the anxiousness, the nervousness. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not saying that something is imminent. I'm not saying that something is going to happen. But, you know, there's there's definitely a feeling of 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 a potential move uh, coming up here for the Washington Commanders. Maybe it's not him. It could be Chase Young. But, you know, those two guys are basically best friends. Uh, so to see those two split up would really be uh, it would be sad. You know what I mean? It would be sad. But this team's got to do what they're going to do. And, and certainly we're going to talk more about trades as we get closer to the uh, to the deadline here on Tuesday. David Mayo led the team uh, in tackles with nine. Did the miss the, did the team miss Cody Barton? That's kind of a question I wanted to come into the game and be able to answer. And I got to say, not really. You know what I mean? And I like Cody. I like the potential there. But really, honestly, this team didn't really seem to miss Cody Barton too, too much. I, I'm looking forward to looking at the All-22, and I really kind of want to dive into that a little bit deeper as we get into the week. Um, on paper, they only gave up three explosives. But two of those explosive plays were touchdowns. Two of those explosive plays came on third downs. And there were a lot of plays that were like 16, 17-yard gains, which technically aren't explosives if they're passes. they got to be 20 yards or more. But they're, I don't even know what you want to call them, like mini, mini explosives are certainly damaging. I like the takeaways. Two fumbles recovered, both of those coming from inside the, the, their own three-yard line. The unfortunate part of that also means that you were close to giving up 14 more points in this ball game. So you don't like that. Didn't like Emmanuel Forbes on A.J. Brown. I mean, I know you guys did it at home. If you watch the game at home, you saw 13 on A.J. Brown. You're going, what are you doing? I promise you, I'm not going to say who, but people in the press box are saying the same thing, guys. I don't I don't know what the thought process was there. We don't get to talk to Jack after the game. Uh, Ron was asked about it, really kind of gave a roundabout answer, which is what head coaches do. I'm sure Jack will be asked about it on Thursday. Speaking of things to talk about, we got three things we're going to talk about coming up next here on today's episode of Locked on Commanders, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to have that conversation. Thanks to our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks every single week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting your waiver wire, every week we're going to give you players that are a guaranteed fit to fit your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for this for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. There's a commander's opponent coming up. Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. Last week, Vinny projected that Devontae Smith would be a wise uh, addition to your daily fantasy or to your fantasy roster if you had the opportunity to add him. And Devontae Smith, unfortunately, did score a touchdown against the Washington Commanders. Well, this week, Vinny has picked another Commanders opponent. Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne has been reestablished as the top target the past three weeks with Mac Jones, catching 19 to 22 total targets for 188 yards and two TDs. New England's passing game has revived and Bourne has been the biggest beneficiary as the team's top outside target. He should stay hot in a nice matchup against the commander secondary at home, New England's at home in week nine. 
uh, one that mightily struggled against Eagles receivers last week. That's a fair assessment. Bills rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid has also stepped into a big role with Dawson Knox getting hurt. He's getting hot with Josh Allen the past two weeks, scoring for the first time uh, in his career in week eight against the Buccaneers. Kincaid gets a smash spot in a shootout, shootout against the Bengals on Sunday night. Cincinnati has been better in coverage outside and versus wideouts than versus tight ends. Kincaid will once again come through for managers looking for a midseason pick-me-up at the position. Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows the championship team is all about every player being the perfect fit, and the same goes for your vehicle. Over 122 million parts for your number one rider die so you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They got brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items, only exclusions apply. Thanks for making a Lock Dog Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Every dayers, I uh, appreciate you for coming through. Live chatter. I see some live chat going on. I'm, I'm happy uh, to see that you are joining me as well. If you're joining me after the live's over on, on the recorded version, please leave your comments in the YouTube comments or hit me up on Twitter whenever you want or text me. By becoming a Locked On Commanders insider, go to su- joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Football season's here. Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Every Locked On NFL YouTube channel, so including Locked On Commanders, we'll have Tanitra Jarvis and Kyle breaking down every game, helping you out with matchups, fantasy lineups, betting angles, all of it, and you get in-depth analysis from hosts across the network. Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So let's get into three topics of conversation. And, And again, these are just kind of Excuse me. These are, I call them cursory topics, right? These are three topics that we're going to talk about, and we're going to dive deeper in, I think, probably each and every one of these uh, throughout the week. So kind of a starting point right after the game, and then we'll dive deeper. That's kind of how we do this, right? First talking point, uh, Eric Bianami, uh, assistant head coach, office coordinator, caught a lot of flack from, from media members, from some fans, uh, myself included. One of the one of the top talking points after the Giants lost from me was Eric Bianami getting out coached, and then uh, went back, watched all 22, and to be quite honest with you, it wasn't totally accurate. I mean, like Eric Bionami's approach to, to beating the Giants really wasn't bad. There were some missed opportunities, certainly some missed uh, opportunities from Sam Howell that we went over. And this week, he took advantage of most of those opportunities. So you see some growth in that angle. So looking at the game plan this week, uh, I think Eric Bionami crafted the, the right game plan to beat the Eagles from an offensive standpoint, even if I don't like everything that he did, right? Obviously, I want more Brian Robinson. We'd love to see more Chris Rodriguez as well. But he did a lot of things that we've been asking for. Move the pocket, right? He moved Sam Howell out. And honestly, if you go back to that Giants game again, you watch all the rollout passes. Um, Sam doesn't look incredibly comfortable throwing off of a moving platform like that. Uh, I think that might be one of the reasons we haven't seen them move the pocket as much is because they're still trying to get you know everything in line. But they did it again this week. And I think Sam Howell looked more comfortable uh, throwing from a moving platform this week as well. Quicker throws. Again, those one-read uh, schemes, right? You come to the line of scrimmage. If this happens, boom, that's your first read. That's your only read if this happens. And you don't have – you take away some of the thinking uh, from the young quarterback using the short throws to set up the deep looks. This is something that I really, really, really liked, and I really enjoyed seeing it early in the game uh, when the Washington Commanders were kind of mostly in, in control of this thing. 
Sam Howell's seventh throw of the game was the 26-yard touchdown deep ball to Terry McLaurin. Every other throw before that one, so his first six passes of the entire game were all short passes. And, I mean, they were spreading them out. There was left, right, middle, slot. It was it was everywhere, right? They're just peppering the Eagles with short passes. And you see the, the Eagles defenders, and and, and uh, uh, shout-out to, to Coach Felix, who was sitting next to me in the press box. He actually looked at me, and he's like, hey, man, he's like, you see those Eagles defenders are trying to undercut some of these routes, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I see. And he's like, you're setting it up. And boom, it was like two plays later, uh, they hit the 26-yard touchdown on Terry McLaurin. And that is how you use the short game to set up the deep game, deep game. Because eventually defenses, if you just boom, 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 hit them short, hit them short, hit them short, go to the Bill Walsh route, eventually they're going to start getting more aggressive. Eventually they're going to start fighting back. And eventually that's when you can take advantage of going deep. The next deep throw of the game, there was not another single deep throw of the game until – Sam Howell targeted Byron Pringle deep. And if you watch the game with me, you know it's a painful one. That's gonna, that's one that you really want to have connected right now. If that's a catch, it's a touchdown. The only reason it's not a touchdown is because the Eagles got pressure in Howell's face. Uh, so when he threw it, he still got the throw off clean, but it wasn't perfect, right? The, the trajectory on it was a little bit off. That's supposed to be a far quarter uh, throw. So when you split the field in quarters, it was supposed to be a far right quarter throw. So when Byron was running his route, I mean, guys, go back to the play. He beats Darius Slay by like six yards. Like it's 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 pretty bad. I don't know if I've ever seen Darius Slay get beat that bad before. He beats Darius Slay by like six yards. Byron Pringle looks up over his right shoulder trying to find the ball in the right quarter. And eventually he kind of realizes like this ball is not coming this way. But so he looks over his left shoulder. But by the time he looks, he can't track it and he doesn't come down with the catch. And that's impacted by the Eagles pressure. So certainly give the Eagles defense credit there for making that play on the front end. But that's, again, schematically, you see Eric Biemi dialing up those deep shots with a little bit more uh, in, intention, right? There's a little bit more. It wasn't just like, hey, we just want to spread the ball. We want to push the ball downfield. No, it was like, okay, we're going to set this thing up. We're going to jab, jab, hook, jab, jab, hook, right? Um, so the scheme certainly worked really, really well, even though the pass unfortunately fell incomplete. You still want more B-Rod, like I said, still want more C-Rod. Uh, we got some Alex Arma, which was really cool, something we saw in training camp a good amount, so we're starting to see a little bit more of what we saw in training camp, which was really fun. Uh, didn't mind the fourth down decision at the end of the first half. Usually I'm not a go-for-it on fourth down early kind of guy, but I didn't like the play call. That's one thing I didn't like with Eric Bianami today, uh, especially the primary route was an out route to the short side of the field. Out routes are already hard for quarterbacks to really hit consistently and doing on the short side of the field, you don't have a lot of space to manip manipulate the defender. So I didn't like that play call, but for the most part, I think Eric Bianami's scheme certainly was capable of getting the job done. Second uh, topic of conversation we're going to have here too, uh, today is this Washington Commanders team looks to me like an externally motivated team, not an internally motivated team. Why do I say that? Because when they play the Chicago Bears, they play a style of football the Washington Commanders do or to a level of football where they're very competitive against the uh, the Chicago Bears. I just missed on my camera. Um, against the Chicago Bears, which is not good. But then they play the Philadelphia Eagles, and they play very competitive against the Philadelphia Eagles. Actually, they weren't really all the competitive against the Chicago Bears, were they? But you get the point. They play down to their opponents. They play up to their opponents, which tells me their play is largely motivated by who they're playing against. Make sense? That's not good. you got to find a way to internally motivate this team. Um, so that's something that Ron Rivera is certainly going to need to, to do and, and certainly some things that we're going to try to take a look at as much as I can try to quantify that here on the show. Third thing, new offensive line. I think they look pretty good, guys. Charles Leno Jr., left tackle. Chris Paul, left guard. Tyler Larson, the center. Sam Cosme, right guard. Andrew Wiley, right tackle. 
not nearly as many concerns. They look there were some, there were still some things. I saw some missed stunts from the from the, from some missed twists from the offensive line. So it certainly weren't perfect. And some of that was Sam Howell getting the ball out quicker. But I do think that that offensive line, by and large, did a very good job. And I think you might honestly you might have your starting five moving forward for the rest of the season, guys. We'll see. It's only one week, so we got to see. What about our three keys to victory? Well, I didn't give you three keys to victory because I was sick. But we're going to look at three things that contributed the most to Washington's loss, and that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I can actually leave my banner up. We're going to do that thanks to our friends over at DoorDash. Did the game go to a timeout? Time to order with DoorDash. It's a halftime. That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. That's your cue to get ordering. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on a football watch party favorites. Order chips, dip, nachos, and everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. I spent the night inside of Washington, D.C. on Saturday because I covered the Wizards game for Inside the Wizards, uh, and then I had the Commanders game Sunday. I keep shaking my camera here. Um, so I hit up DoorDash. I got a half chicken from Chicken and Whiskey along with some Caribbean coleslaw and some donut churros. It was all very, very delicious. All your favorite restaurants and stores are on there from retail to grocery. Are, they're on the app, so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Get up to 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, promo code LOCKED23, 50% off, up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms do apply. <laughs> All right, time to rekey the Commanders as we wrap up this post-game episode. The Washington Commanders falling to the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-31. to 31. Another game against Philadelphia Eagles putting up 30 points or more, and another game where the uh, Washington Bears defense gave up 30 points or more. That's not that's not good. It's not what you want to see. Time to rekey the Washington Commanders. We're going to do it differently because, uh, again, since I was out sick uh, for, for a good portion of the week leading up to this Eagles game, uh, I wasn't able to drop my keys to victory for you on Friday. Um, so I don't have keys to rekey, right? That's kind of the whole point of the uh, the segment. So we're going to go over the key things that cost them this game. And key number one thing is lack of consistency, right? First half of the game, talk, starting with the quarterback. That's where everything starts, right? First half of the game, Sam Howell, 24 for 26, 92% completion rate, uh, 226 yards, two touchdowns. Amazing. Just great. I mean, you could have been three touchdowns. Again, we talked about the Byron Pringle missed pass. Could have been even better. But still, that's that's stinking solid. You know what I mean? You'll take that every day, uh, every week if you can. Second half, Sam Howell came out 11 for 22, 50% completion rate, 171 yards, two touchdowns, still good. Uh, but he also had the interception, and he had a fumble on uh, fourth down, which was recovered by the commanders, but it was on a fourth down, so it doesn't matter. It's it's a turnover on downs. Um, and that this is the roller coaster, right? This is what we've been seeing from Sam Howell for the last, I mean, really the entire season, but specifically like the last five weeks or so, like if he's got a really good first half, one week the next week his first half is not good if he's had a really good second half one week the next week the second half is not very good you go back to the new york giants game first half not good at all second half better right so this game first half good second half not so good atlanta it went flip back forward first half good second half not so good um that's just been the the, the pattern man um inconsistency and in clutch moments here from sam howell in this game those are things that you want to see him grow in again. He's young, so that's going to take a little bit of time. 
um, allowed 61. The, the defense allowed 61.5% on third downs. That's not consistent defense. Um, and really they were, the only thing they were consistent at was giving up third down conversions. Uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles went three for five on third downs that were six yards or more. That's 60%. And they went five for eight on third downs that were third and one to five yards. Uh, and that's 63%. So that's really the only consistency we had from the commanders today was defensively. They consistently gave up uh, third down conversions. Key number two that led to, uh, to this, to this loss. I don't know what is happening with my camera guys. I apologize. Um, Critical mistakes. Hard to win when you let opportunities slip through your fingers, right? The Pring the Byron Pringle deep miss. We've already kind of talked about that. No challenge coming up. Uh, There's a fourth down play earlier in the game where the Philadelphia Eagles went for it, and uh, they 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 don't complete it, right? But the Washington Commanders don't challenge it. Now Ron Rivera said later that he didn't get to see it. He was actually looking at the big board in the stadium to see the replay, but it didn't come up. And the Eagles rushed to the line of scrimmage. And got the playoff and you know whatever the communication breakdown you know there's supposed to be a system there where someone like in the booth or something is is communicating down to the field whatever the the, the slip up is hopefully they get that fixed because that drive ends up in a touchdown well what should have been a, a a commander's turnover on downs like they should have got the ball there instead the eagles end up getting a touchdown on that play so that's that's you know essentially a about seven to 14 point swing in that game um, and then the errant throw that results in interception, right? Again, crunch time accuracy. Sam just got more and more inaccurate as the game went on. And maybe that wasn't the pressure, right? That, that could have just been his arm. Like he's a young guy and he just threw like 50 passes in one game. So maybe it wasn't the pressure. Maybe it was actually his arm, which is kind of uh, out of gas, right? So that'll be something that maybe we can ask him about. But that errant throw, I mean, it, it was just not not on on the spot that you need. So just those those three plays, really. Like if you look at those three things, they get the challenge in and they get the ball in that fourth down. The Eagles don't get a touchdown on that drive. If the errant throw doesn't happen or isn't intercepted, then maybe things happen differently because that leads to a touchdown. And if they hit Byron Pringle, I mean, this could be a win. You know what I mean? We could be having a victory Monday conversation here on the show. Key number three, horrible officiating. And listen, I saved this to the very end because that's where it belongs. It belongs the very end and not in a save the best for last, like at the very bottom of the blame barrel, the very last drop of blame should be on the officiating, period, bottom line. Like, the, the officials did not cost the Washington Bears this game. But the officiating was terrible in this game. Uh, I know, you know, I, I was told that Mark Slareth of the, of the broadcast team was was absolutely roasting the officiating crew. Uh, trust me, they were hearing it from the Philly people. They were hearing it from us. Third and five, uh, there was a pat Late in the game, the commanders had a third and five. They're trying to come back in this game. There was a pass completed, Jahan Dotson, rule completed. They moved the chains. Like, they literally moved the chains for a new set of first downs. There's an injured Eagles player. While this Eagles player is trying to get off the field, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, is over there just screaming at the refs. And eventually the chains get moved back. And we're all sitting there saying, okay, so Nick Sirianni is challenging this thing, but there's no challenge flag out. Then the next thing you see is coach's challenge, but it's Washington coach's challenge. We're saying you know, we're all confused because also, by the way, the ref's mic was dead at this point, so we're not even hearing what the ref is saying. So essentially what ends up happening, we find out afterwards, is that the referees on the field say the NFL replay officials – looked at the play during the break with the Eagle injured Eagles player and said, hey, that pass was incomplete, so move the ball back. Ron Rivera then challenges the play. Now, what's confusing about that is the NFL replay booth just said, we're changing the call on the field. So if you challenge that, well, for one, I didn't think you could challenge it. I thought the NFL replay booth was like, no, hey, change the play. That's not a challengeable play anymore because they just reviewed it, right? Ron Rivera challenges it. And Ron said, and you know, so basically what you're doing is you're you're basically saying and this was a, this was an analogy that was used in the press boxes. You go to court, the judge says, I find you guilty, and you say, Okay, I want to appeal. 
and say, oh, well, who are you going to appeal to? You're going to appeal to the judge that just found you guilty. Like you think the judge is going to change their mind. That's not going to happen. That's not what happened. But the reason Ron said he challenged is because when the official came up to him and said, hey, the NFL replay looked at it and said that pass should be incomplete. He said, well, how? I don't know the conversation, but basically he said it wasn't a definitive. And he was confused. He's like, hey, guys, like if it's not definitive, you shouldn't be changing anything. So then he challenges the play. And honestly, I kind of hope he sends a letter to the NFL officiating office because he challenges the play. And then the mic is working. And what comes back is the NFL official says the play stands. Well, remember, there's specific terminology here. Play stands means there's no definitive evidence one way or the other. Play confirmed means that the play happened the way that we said it happened, and we know that 100% without a doubt. So Ron's point is, if the play only stood, that means you don't have definitive ruling either way. If you don't have a definitive ruling either way, the play on the field should stand. The call on the field should stand. That was Ron's point. Again, it cost him a timeout. A lot of people are kind of confused about it. I actually kind of like the point that Ron is trying to make. I just don't know if it's really going to make that big of a difference. So there was another really bad call. Benjamin St. Juice was, was flagged for illegal contact and pass interference. I thought both of those were, were, were garbage calls. Uh, the play ends up in a fumble. But the thing about it is that's not no harm, no foul. Because, because again, that pass interference comes in the end zone, puts the ball on the one. They fumble. The commanders get the ball back. But now they have the ball at the one. That play where Benjamin St. Juice got that flag, that was a fourth down play. So if you don't get those flags, the commanders get the ball at the 32-yard line instead of the one-yard line. And in a game of inches, we all know, 31 yards, that's no small amount of land, right? So overall, just a bad officiating game, man. But again, not blaming the, the game on the officials by any means, but it was a topic, so we, I wanted to kind of address it, and Ron addressed it as well. That's going to do it for today's episode. Coming up, I'm going to have another episode. I, we got our AAR. We got some film study coming up. We got our Wednesday mailbag. And then we're right back at a crossover Thursday with Locked On Patriots coming up later this week. In the meantime, you got questions or comments, throw them into the YouTube comments, hit me on Twitter, or send them directly to me by becoming a lock insider at joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. As always, thanks for making locked on commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Every day, you know, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.